Hello and welcome to the Get Involved Referee Podcast with me, your host, David McDonald. On this week's episode, we'll be discussing the red card and penalty at Fur Park, offside goal in Dingwall, shocking decisions at Pataudry, and a strong gust of wind at Dens Park that sends Charlie Adam tumbling. We'll also be discussing the abuse the referees in amateur leagues need to endure on a weekly basis. And to help me with these topics, we are joined by the Jack and Victor of Football World's former Grade 1 official Steve Conway and Des Roach. Guys, how are you? Don't know who's who. I was going to say I want to be Victor. I'll be Jack then. Right. That's that one sorted. Guys, for Park at the weekend, Nick Walsh was the official for the Motherwell v Rangers game. Rangers needed a win against Motherwell to keep up the pressure on Celtic in the league. Nick Walsh had a quiet game up until 28th minute when he had to make a decision for a red card when there was a challenge by Balagon. Was that a correct shout? One word answer, yes. Absolutely. I think it was a I think it was a, a, a nasty tackle it was a potential leg breaker and we've mentioned before about the the boxes that you're ticking out of control no chance of playing the ball off off your feet endangering an opponent's health and well-being yeah absolutely and that's a straight red every day of the week yeah i agree um i think the excessive force is probably a, a a phrase you could put in there he had no need to challenge for the ball in that manner he's went above and beyond the ball so yeah i think nick walsh got that absolutely spot on and he was very decisive in delivering the red card nowhere's a graces get it out get the player off the field to play. And talking about contact with the ball, that was used in, in mitigation by some to say that uh, it was excusable. Any contact in the ball was coincidental. Yeah, yeah, I don't think... No interest in getting the ball. No, no interest in, no interest in playing the ball. It was purely a, 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 a very a very bad challenge. Des, Scott Wright was in the receiving end of a similar challenge from Ojala. Nick only showed a yellow for that instant. Was that the correct call for the referee? Agree, yes. I think it was the correct call. I think that Ojala had the opportunity to play the ball. He went for the ball. He got the ball. There was no brutality in it as in comparison to the to the Balogun one. So I'm quite comfortable that Nick got that one correct and I would praise him for doing it. And I think it would have been very easy if he'd given a red card because of what had happened just beforehand. But he showed very, very composed, made the correct decision, made his judgment and a yellow card in that instance was was fine for me. You see about that? I agree completely. Um, and I think it's testament to Nick's strength of character that he didn't just go by um, the, the comparisons with the, the first tackle and think, all right, if one looks like the other, I need to deal with it the same. There were two, I agree with Desi's assessment, two completely separate tackles. And the uh, Ojala was certainly worthy of a yellow, but it wasn't a red. And that's despite some pundits uh, in Twitter and, and the like talking about it's going to be a non-contact no tackling game and all the rest of it quite soon. And if one's a red, the other's a red. N- no, sorry. You, you, you deal with each incident on its merits. You don't say what it looks like and what it doesn't. Not, not got both of them spot on. Yeah, we spoke about this I think we've spoken about it a couple of times about levelling up. You don't level up but that's, that, that's a that's a fan reaction, what they expect to see. This was just done on a, on its own merits, as Steve's correctly said. Each individual tackle is dealt with as you see it fit and proper. And that was a that was the correct decision. Steve, Nick Walsh made another big call on the hour mark when he awarded Rangers a penalty. Ashton Sakala burst past Beavis Mugabe into the area and initially looked like the Ugandan had won the ball. But it's quite a tight call, that, isn't it? I mean, I think there's a couple of views out there that looks like there was no contact, but there is one view. I think it was Sky Sports that had it. There was slight contact. Do you think that was a penalty? Personally, no, but that, that's an opinion. I and the, the views that I saw, my opinion is that I, I didn't see anything that was a foul. So I, I wouldn't have been given it. I wouldn't have given it as a penalty, but more than happy to accept that I didn't have the view that Nick had. Um, and I don't think the 
uh, angles that certainly we, we saw on sports team could tell you one way or the other. So I, I didn't know what Nick saw, but there certainly hasn't been great furore, including from uh, from Motherwell. So I'm more than happy to say that he got that right. But from my angle, it didn't look like a penalty. Do you agree with that, Des? Yeah, yeah, I do. On first viewing, I didn't see anything. I must admit, I didn't see anything that was that was meriting a penalty. However, just on the back of what, what Steve was mentioning there, there hasn't been an outcry. The one view from, I think it's from behind the goals, there may have been slight contact. Now, I'm using the word slight. I don't think it merits a player going down the way they do in the penalty, but unfortunately, in the current climate, that is, that's expected. Next view, he, he didn't hesitate. Again, he's using his own his own judgment. So I've got to back him up there and say that he's obviously, he's got that correct and say, not that you should be going on what the, the public say or what the, you've got to go on your own field, but it was very, it was very innocuous. If that happens in the middle of the pitch, is he given a free kick for that? I don't think or so. Or do you think he just lets it run on? In the, in the middle, in the centre circle, I don't think you're calling that as a, a free kick. You're just getting on with it. But again, you know, we've both had it in reverse where people say, "Oh, if that had been in the, the penalty area, you'd be you'd be given a penalty." So maybe you do just you, you have separate um, standards for when it's uh, in the the penalty area. But he was he gave it strongly enough. He gave it convincingly yeah. enough. Yeah. So he's he's seen something that he certainly, yeah, I certainly didn't see. He uh, sold the decision. Happy. Yeah, he sold the decision. Everyone's bought it. No one's complaining about it. Certainly, I didn't see any comments from no, the mother manager afterwards no. either. So I think you've got to. Any benefit of the doubt must be given to Nick and mm. say well done. Clearly a good day for Nick up in Fur Park in a high-pressured environment that you referees have to endure. We'll go to Dundee now. Both Dundee and St Johnson are fighting for survival in the Premiership. And we've seen a bizarre incident where clearly the wind forced Charlie Adam to fall over. If you've not seen it, go and check online. It is the most bizarre dive I've potentially ever seen. So much so that he even laughed at himself after the I, incident. I wouldn't, I wouldn't even say it's bizarre. It, the thing is, it's cheating. It's that cheating. Is ultimately cheating. And a very, very important game to both clubs. I think if you did see the, the sports scene guys having a laugh and joke about it and Charlie Adam having a, having a smirk about it, but we always hear professional players speaking how you, you don't con a fellow professional. You don't con a referee. Well, I'm sorry. You've got to call it as you see it. And that is nothing other than downright blatant cheating. What makes it even worse? St. Johnson are fighting for their lives. Mm-hmm. Dundee are gone. Dundee, they're gone. So St. Johnson are fighting for their lives. If the referee, and it was Bobby, hadn't been so well positioned and maybe gave a foul or a potential caution, that could potentially lead to St. Johnson player being suspended at this most vital time of the year. And I know others are making light of it, but you can't. You can't make light of it. It's absolutely abhorrent. And Charlie Adams should be thoroughly ashamed of himself and not just, aha, smile, it's only me. No. it's. I I think it is absolutely ludicrous and pathetic, doesn't, cover it I, I don't think he should be thoroughly embarrassed and everything Absolutely. everybody to do with Dundee should be embarrassed and we've we've been on here talking about some decisions in the, the past few weeks where it's certainly managers or whoever have said that that decision could cost us millions could cost us our place as you've said if that St Johnson player gets cautioned he's already on maybe you know not on this occasion but he's already on a caution gets gets himself sent off and St Johnson lose as a consequence of that Going by the extension of what the, the punters and the managers are saying, St Johnson potentially could go down because of what Charlie Adam did. It's downright cheating. No no other word for it. Well, there are some other words, but we can't use them. Do you, do you guys think there should be retrospective action against Charlie Adam for that? Because 100%. it is believing in an instant. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So you think there should be an example made of Charlie Adam for that, for everyone else to go, look, you not just calling the referee and fans and everyone else. It's the entire game. You know, you're bringing it into disrepute almost by, by behaving that way. Was it not a number of years ago? 
Gordon Smith was looking for retrospective action oh, against was. Was it Michaelinus when he was playing for Lithuania against Scotland and it was a dive and it was clear and he was championing that, that there should be retrospective punishment players are suspended then it's not going out of the game and by making such light of it it's almost all being acceptable I'm sorry it's not it's not acceptable and if you are going to try and eradicate it then make big cases an example Going back to what we were saying about Rangers and the uh, the derby game a couple of weeks ago for broken bottles getting thrown on you can't dock Rangers three points ten points whatever for that incident because there's nothing been leading up to it call that out next season whenever and reference the Rangers incident same with Charlie Adam you can't do anything against them just now because there isn't precedent there's no yep. process there's nothing in place just now so you can't do it other than hopefully embarrass them into never doing anything like that again but next season you bring in absolutely that should be called out and again you reference Charlie Adam you can't do them just now but reference them when when we do do something about it he doesn't need to do it either oh it's shocking he was, absolutely it, shocking it was in, Paul McGowan was just standing inside him so he could just have knocked the ball to him or stayed in his feet because he's a fantastically gifted football player but to see him do that I've got to admit it did go down on my estimation Oh, yeah, hugely. Ross County v Celtic. Celtic made the wee trip up the A9, which I'm sure they probably all enjoyed. Uh, wasn't really much to talk about the game, which is always good from Kevin Clancy. There was one instant, I definitely wouldn't say we can point the finger at Kevin and say he should have got that one better, but Kyogo's goal potentially onside actually, and not offside, which was called. It was so close, it, it was unreal. You wouldn't, I wouldn't expect an assistant referee to get that right. I mean, they showed you the coverage on television, and when they drew the line, I think they, they said it was Jacovetti's heel that played him on. So if that's how narrow it's going to be now, VAR would have correct, would have corrected that. But it was it was extremely tight. So I think he, I think he's unfortunate, obviously, to have it have it called off. But um, I don't really think you can put any blame on the assistant for that one. I always marvel at how often assistants get it right. That that skill is beyond me. But yeah, as you as you said, maybe think count himself uh, a bit unlucky, but. Yeah, I don't think you could be criticising an assistant on that one. No. And it's that tight, even in VAR. You know, it should be clear and it should be obvious before VAR's calling it out. And there was one, and, you know, we're going to go through these teething problems, as we've said, but us looking like the country bumpkin. Uh, there was a Liverpool game a few years ago down there where they played it, did, uh, replayed VAR again and again and again and decided, and I can't remember who it was now, that the, the Liverpool player Toll was maybe playing them on site. No, we, we can't be doing that if you're doing it over and over and over. It's not clear, it's not obvious. No, one look, two looks, yeah. that's enough. If, if you're having to, to magnify it and hold it and hold it. Can't call it in one or two. Football, football is a game of skill and error. You've got more skill, you'll be the better team. If you make an error, your team's going to lose a goal. It's the same with refereeing. Skill and error, isn't it? The, the best referees make the, make the least errors, but if you're going that, that none deep... Of, yeah, none of us are perfect. No, um, absolutely not. You, you can't, you can't criticise millimetres. No. Gentlemen, Aberdeen versus Livingston. A couple of talking points in this game. Grant Irvin, the only way you could, we did to describe it would be he's had a bit of a howler. Aberdeen having only one one game from the last 14. Clearly, you know, Pataudry's getting anxious about the position in the league and they could be dragged into a relegation battle. So Levy keeper Max Stryek gathered a Ross McCrory header from the corner before charging out the ball. He tries to play the ball out as quickly as possible. Very best man tries to prevent the ball from being played into the park very quickly, which is a bookable offence. But the keeper raises his hands and ultimately slaps Vinny in the face. The rules state that if a player deliberately strikes an opponent on the head or face with the arm or hand is guilty of violent conduct unless the force was negligible. What happened there? Grant's 
clearly got a great position. He's looking right at the instant. The levy keeper comes out, slaps Aberdeen player in the face. Aberdeen player goes down. He didn't really seem to contest it too much, the keeper neither. He just sort of slinked back into his box. And The reason of, he's not contesting it is because he's got away with one. Uh-huh. There's, there are two decisions to be made there and they were very easy. Now, as you said, I paused the, I paused the, the recording to look at it to think, well, was there maybe something that, that Grant wasn't able to see? But unfortunately, it doesn't make for great viewing because he's looking at uninterrupted, unobscured, straight through. Stryak has, has run out, looking to release the ball into the field of play. Bezwan has he's came across to, to stop him, to delay it. But Bezwan has just used the ball and he, as an extension of his arm and just punched him straight in the face. So the, it should be a penalty kick and a red card. End of. Why Stryak has done it, he's had him... I know they say goalkeepers are a, a different breed, but that wasn't just a moment of madness. That was just utter lunacy. Yeah, God, God knows what was going through his head. Red mist descent. It shouldn't even have been red mist. If no. Bezoan walking where he did uh, shouldn't have uh, interfered with uh, his thinking at all. But yeah, um, when, you, when you look at it, aye, it was obstruction. Um, taken as obstruction. My God, what was the goalie doing? The thing is... No idea what was going through his head. I've never seen that before in my life. It was a better punch than Tyson Fury through Saturday night. <laughs> Grant Irvin gives a card to the goalkeeper. He does give him a yellow card. For that, so he clearly seen the incident, but deemed it not forceful enough, or as a rule state, was a force used negligible. He saw an incident. He didn't see what truly happened. Um, he, he should have done because I agree, he got a, a clear unobstructed view. Has he seen that? He's maybe I don't know, put the ball in his chest or whatever. I, I, something you know, we've all done it. Sometimes things happen, and you make a decision, and it's the wrong decision. That's just wrong. Yeah, it's pretty colossal. But yeah, it's as much as as much as we're here to try and. I know people like to think we're wanting to referee bash, so to speak. We're not, we're here. We've already said how terrific Nick handled the Rangers mm-hmm. middle game. Bobby, again, on top of his game, back back at Dundee. Unfortunately, there is no there is no escape for this one. It was a clear view. If he's cautioning him, I would like to know what he's cautioning him for, because it's a red card, it's a punch, it's a ex- using the ball as an extension of his arm, whatever you mean. It's a, it's a, he's lashed out, so... Yeah, I'm even thinking that he think he pushed it into his, his chest. But even then, if you're pushing or you're, you're using the ball as an extension of you, so as you said, that that's a punch. It's violent conduct, no Absolutely. matter where he makes contact with him. So no, I'd, I just don't know what happened. Off the back of that, Livingston go up and score a goal. Aberdeen can feel very aggrieved by that. I'm not saying it totally changed the game. But at that stage, you're looking at Livingston being down to 10 men. Aberdeen get a penalty, free shot of the keeper, whether they score or not. But Livingston go up the park. Jim Goodwin will be raging at that, won't you guys? I would have thought so. At that moment in time, the the, the the complexity of the game would have totally changed. Aberdeen, who are struggling for form and struggling for victories, if they get a one man advantage and a penalty kick, then their confidence is going to be is going to be up. So you you can't really say that it, it, it affected the game um, positively. For it's affected the game negatively for Aberdeen because they've been rightly done out of a uh, correct decision. Yeah, and Goodwood's desperate. He can't buy a, a, no. a result just now. He's desperate. Um, so yeah, I, I'd be raging if, if that was me. And it got worse for Jim Goodman as well because Livingston were awarded a penalty, which clearly did not look like a penalty. I think Jim Goodman came out and said that uh, the player is very, very clever in what he does in order to win that penalty. Was that a, a good call or a bad call by the referee in that one? Unfortunately, again, I think it's a bad call. Agreed. Shinny's jumped in, jumped in front of the defender that is... No contact, not for me anyway. I haven't seen any angles or any information or any evidence that to, to back it up that it's a penalty kick. So I think Aberdeen can feel doubly aggrieved. And as you say, Jim Goodwin, he's desperate for a win. Aberdeen on the wrong end of the table. 
and he just went and not not given a penalty and then had one dubiously given against them. No, I agree. I didn't see any contact at all. Um, and I know I was saying about the, the Rangers one that, that that wasn't for me because I didn't see uh, a foul. This one was even clearer that it wasn't, if, if you can do uh, look at it that kind of way. Not not a penalty. Just no. 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 A I don't of, think couple that, of really bad decisions. I don't, from memory serves me correctly, I don't actually think many Livingston players claimed for a penalty, they certainly the player Shinny who went down didn't no. didn't look for it. No, it was it was all that, as you would imagine, all Aberdeen Gallagher and all, all yeah. the rest of it trying to explain what uh, what happened. No, there was no foul. No, uh, Colin Stephen was a man in the middle for the Dundee United versus Hearts game, and we got absolutely nothing to talk about that because it was just a nice, clean, pleasant game. Would you agree with that, gentlemen? Happy well, with that. I don't think I've seen anything in that game that really merit uh, any real conversation. There was no major decisions. I think went either team's way. Nope, and but I will. I've said it on here and I'll say it uh, yet again. My mother could make a game difficult, so <laughs> fair play to Colin for uh, handling it well. And I had absolutely no doubt that you would. Uh, I've not. I've, I've never seen the Kilmarnock game. Des, have you seen it? John Beaton was slated on Friday night, wasn't he? There was a, a bit of criticism coming coming John's way. I, I, I thought the game was a it was a good game. Felt desperately sorry for our growth. They've been challenging so well all year, and then to to have it taken away from. Uh, I hope they hope they got through the. Got through the playoffs. I think it'd be quite a remarkable achievement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was not not one major incident, but I think it was maybe an accumulative effect for for both teams. Just it was quite scrappy, quite um, quite bitty. No, it wasn't a wasn't a great quite big pressure matches matches these for referees. I know everyone talks about Celtic v Rangers as the big games, but a, a game like that that matters so much to to both teams. You know, and John Beaton going down there, he's always got a target on him from from past events. I suppose every referee, I'm sure you guys had them as well at one oh, point. But it's always a hard game to referee, isn't it, Steve? Oh, absolutely. A game like that, everybody's uh, up for it. And it, what a situation to be to be refing. It could go either way, and the, the championship is potentially what well, was decided there and then. But I, I agree. If Arbroath had won, it would just be a phenomenal story. I think I think that'd be bigger than than Leicester. But yeah, it's it's it's, it's huge and. You, it's it's a game we can't please very often we can't please anybody but in, in that situation when everybody is so heightened then you're you're on a, a hiding to nothing and yeah I, I was getting lots of messages saying John was you know he, he wasn't you know, paraphrase he wasn't having his best night but the, the bits I, I have to confess I didn't watch the uh, the whole of the game but the bits that I watched there was nothing particularly that uh, I saw John did particularly wrong no. wouldn't agree with everything uh, that he did but that's it a didn't game have of football he's nothing stood out to it me didn't, it didn't have any bearing effect on the result of the match yeah. um, but I think it just obviously upset a few players and a few supporters but the fact that that game is you know, it was a winner take all situation mm-hmm. and that's why John has been allocated that because you're putting your bigger referees into the into the bigger games uh, and it certainly had a fabulous atmosphere around it mm-hmm. uh, Gentlemen we're going to have a quick discussion just now on I suppose you can call it the darker side of Scottish football, something that's not actually highlighted as much as what it potentially should be. And something that I've been reading online, especially on social media, with regards to lack of support for amateur referees. I'm going to read out a couple of tweets here, which I picked up from Ref Support Scotland on Twitter. Tweet one says, Another referee has just contacted us who was threatened and then car bricked by a player he sent off at an amateur football match. He could have been killed. What on earth is wrong with people? This guy has a family to go home to. Another tweet was, Several more contacts today from referees and concerned third parties about abuse to referees, including a referee who had to be escorted to his car at a children's match. What needs to happen for Scottish FA to take this seriously and step in? Gents, that's concerning hearing that. I suppose, first of all, first question for you, Steve, is have you ever endured anything like that in lower leagues? Nothing approaching 
what that poor guy uh, had to go through and that's absolutely shocking and we, we said it again about the, the Rangers incident whoever did that apart from being banned from football for the rest of his life should go to prison for that that is absolutely disgusting and I don't know and I, I, I don't mean that as a question that's a, a criticism <laughs> I don't know what the SFA are doing to help protect guys at, at that level and until you've done it you've got no you've got no idea what it's like being in games like that I've done I've, I've never thankfully never had anything quite as bad as that but I've had some pretty scary situations where you're looking around at your surroundings and thinking, my God, if anything happens here, I'm I'm stuck. Uh, I, I remember I did a game. Was it Drum Chapel? Can't remember. Virtually had to walk half a mile between the changing room and the pitch. There's no way you can get away from that if somebody takes umbrage at you. I did, uh, and, it, and it was a boys' game. I got promised a slashing, and I'm you know big enough and ugly enough to look after myself. But even then, in that situation, I was thinking, Jesus, what's what's this going to what's going to happen here? Nothing, nothing came physically of it. And the only other thing that rings a bell is that I had I had my wallet nicked out of my, my suit at a, a boys game uh, one time in the, the changing room that was supposed to be locked so it's the situation that guys in the, the lower level find themselves is really really scary and I would love to know what's been done to protect them Des have you encountered any issues like that when you've been refereeing? I, I'm very fortunate I, I've never had anything remotely near what that gentleman said. Yes you had um, some quite strong language directed towards you. I, I only done amateur football for a, for a short space of time. To be fair to the SFA, I think they're in a difficult position. What I would be looking for in the first instance is the actual league that these teams play part in and that league gets rid of them, just gets them out and then that then transfers with them because if they're within the Paisley and Johnson District League say and Team X gets suspended or removed, if they go and apply to the Glasgow League or the Ayrshire League, then the league should be corresponding saying no, this team are kicked out because they were threatening referees, uh, violence, etc. And that team then just goes out. You cannot, there's no way that this team or any of those clubs should be allowed to operate. And the people involved within them, they should be sin died. And I'm not, football's here to be enjoyed by everyone. Referees are there to service the game at the local level. I'm sorry, this just drives people away. And if it's driving people away at the local level, you're not going to have the next Steve Conroy, Des Roach, Willie Collin, Boy Man. These people will just walk away from the sport. So it's doing them their own self a disservice. It's but, absolutely shocking. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, appalling. But the SFA is the umbrella organisation. Yes. And there was an incident, we, we didn't discuss it, not too long ago where we saw yeah, amateur refereeing, and not to put too fine a point on it, assaulted a, a club official at yep. the side of the pitch. But there wasn't a mention about what that guy had to endure to get to that to position. get to that stage where he felt that that was his only option. And, you know, the, reading round about that, that incident, uh, the, the chat was that the, the league... And I don't believe it for a second. Uh, the league hadn't been made aware that this particular team and others yep. were doing that sort of behaviour repeatedly. So they hadn't had a chance to be told. So they hadn't had a chance to act on it. I think that's utter nonsense. Yes, you so. don't get to the stage where a referee is going to be headbutting somebody without a prolonged lead up to that. You would like to think that the league would be, if this is something that's maybe been prevalent before or it's been mentioned before, there's enough people and committees that maybe somebody should just be going along and randomly picking up these games every so often to see for themselves what's going on. It's the duty bound of the referee to report any of the the, the nonsense at the side but I mean what are these guys getting £40 or oh, whatever for, for a game and they're putting themselves in that kind of jeopardy yes the SFA are the, the overarching umbrella above it so it's up to the leagues to take the action and then put forward the action and obviously report it back and just make sure that these absolute scumbags are not involved in any shape or form of football because yeah. you can bet your bottom dollar that that referee that we're talking about that did the headbutt and 
quite rightly, he assaulted him. He'll never referee a game no. of football again. No. Um, so that happens to him, but the, the people that have been doing that to loads of other teams, loads of other times leading up to get away scot-free, not acceptable. It's absolutely vital for the future of Scots football as well that referees are protected because at the end of the day, this is grassroots football we're talking about. We need these amateur referees doing these games in order for these games to take part. If the games don't take part, the players don't play. Players don't play, performance doesn't improve and of course you end up with a national game, which is poor. I'm not saying we're great just now, but we have improved recently in the last couple of years. But we need these guys, and these guys need as much protection as possible from the Scottish FA. So what what do our guys need to do to protect themselves and to bring attention to themselves? The only thing I can think of, we've not had any discussion about this. I'm speaking from complete ignorance. I haven't spoken to anybody at that level. Do we withdraw? Do we just say for a weekend when we're doing your game? So we, we Wally, um, who's dying for a game all week but whose father is an absolute lunatic on the side of the pitch wee willy gets sanctioned because his dad's a nutter and, yeah. and can't control himself what, what do these guys have to do to protect themselves if they're not getting any protection from above then they maybe need to start taking care of themselves yeah I agree the only way that these teams will feel any punishments I know they like using the word but is yeah just take away what they like to do to just remove that option for the game I mean there's far more grassroots referees in Scotland and all over all over the UK than there are that Steve and I were, were, were grade one listed and we've got this the luxury of security at the games mm-hmm. and people in a people in a crowd these guys don't these are the lifeblood of the sport and if you are putting them at danger then the message they've got to send out as well it's not going to be tolerated so as much as you don't want to see young people and my sons involved in, in grassroots football with referees there yeah I don't agree with them all the time but some of the shouts and the things you hear you're thinking it's just ridiculous so maybe going on a, a, a blanket withdrawal of service for a week mm-hmm. two weeks etc maybe the only course of action that they have absolutely I can't think of anything else I'm going to read a statement just now it's quite a long one so bear with me on this this was posted on Ref Support UK and it's from an amateur referee I'm not going to name him because I've not asked his permission but he has posted it on social media and is out there basically it reads last Wednesday I gave my notice of immediate resignation from refereeing after 11 seasons of Scottish FA membership I can no longer endure the abuse from players, club officials, spectators and those within the refereeing hierarchy. This is a decision I should really have made three years ago when I was assaulted by a player who had me between his legs and was taking swings at me while I was lying on the ground defenceless. No player gave witness statement, nor did coaches, spectators, league officials present or indeed refereeing colleagues on the game on the adjacent pitch. It appears that this former colleague was found to be in the right because no action was taken against him. Perhaps this was because the South of Scotland's association manager decided I was lying about the incident having taken place at all. This is one of numerous protection breaches, bullying tactics and ignorance towards mental health that I and other referees have been subjected to in the region and I am no longer willing to take it. Perhaps this means the almighty powers that be have won, but I won't lose sleep over it. I think my decision is justified by the fact that my resignation was responded to five days later, simply acknowledging my communication with no thanks for my service and certainly no indication that I would be missed. Given that a request for a whistleblowing policy has not been responded to, I intend to publicise my two-page letter which the association has refused to circulate to the members via third party. I thank everyone who supported me and given me unforgettable opportunities and experience over the last 10 years. Also thanks to Ref Support UK for their assistance with this. They have been invaluable over the last week and a half. 
That's crazy reading that, isn't it? He's been assaulted on a pitch and nothing's been no action whatsoever against the, the player involved and, and nobody's really come forward to support him on that. No, I think that's absolutely appalling. The most appalling part of that is that he has been called a liar yep. from his own association. That is not acceptable in any way, shape or form and everybody in that situation should hang their head in shame. And if that is an allegation that has been made against that association and that association manager, then that is something that the SFA should be involved in. That has to be investigated. Now, every association has a president uh, who's elected from the membership, but they also have an SFA representative as an association manager. And if that association manager hasn't been seen to, to deal with this or at least follow up, then that's that's extremely worrying. And to call one of your own members a liar, that's... Um, I actually beggars belief and it's really really serious it has to be looked at from above the referee committee we'd have to take that into account and say well why are we having someone who's been assaulted in a pitch and you're not providing enough support for him and it was mentioned in mental health as well this poor guy's obviously had, had enough and he's having to walk away and not even be acknowledged and being supported and I find that pretty sickening yeah absolutely disgusting and I did read that words fail you words fail you and we, we bang on about a crisis of retention. We bang on about being a, a family and being a movement. That's absolutely disgusting if, if that's happened to that poor man. And the, th- and the thing is as well, I mean, he's somebody who enjoys football like yourselves decided to go down the refereeing route. Without him, these games don't go ahead. Again, we're saying it. We, we Willie doesn't get his game. No. Nope. Maybe maybe that's the thing. Maybe these guys should take action and sit out for a weekend or two because that will certainly raise awareness and it will certainly you know, start more conversations anyway and it might make players and other officials and parents from the touchline take notice and, and maybe look at their behaviour. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. If there should be more than discussion about it. If it's in the south of Scotland... I'm, I may be wrong, maybe different with them, but I don't think there's the, the biggest organisation. Um, so they need all the members they can get and they need all the active referees they can get. And for someone just to, to, to walk away. Um, and he's also said there he should have resigned three years ago. So he's obviously been through his own process of talking himself into continuing and it gets to this level. It's just dreadful. Pollen. Absolutely Pollen. Listen guys, thank you very much again for this week. If you are listening and want to get involved in the podcast, give us a shout. You're on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Any questions you've got for the guys, video clips, anything at all, then please give us a shout out. Des and Steve, thank you very much. You're off, you're off to the clansman. <laughs> <laughs> Two pints. <laughs> <laughs>